Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the episode. This episode, what? Welcome to the dictionary. Hi, how are you doing? Let's uh, let's just hang out here for a little bit and talk about some dy words. Dy and dy. What other variations? Dys. Those are the two sections we're talking about today. Hello, I am Spencer. I am hosting this just ever so wonderful podcast. And uh, and you get to hear me talk about things, uh, words, definitions, etymologies, uh, my personal feelings and thoughts, explanations, jokes, my stories, terrible, terrible stories, sound effects, all of the things are going to happen today. Everything. Everywhere. All at once. All right. The first word in this episode is dynamite. D-Y-N-A-M-I-T-E. It's a mite that grabs onto you and walks on your body, but it's it's very dynamic. Everybody wants to hang out with this mite. This is the first form. It is a noun from 1867. There are two pretty long definitions. I guess there's some examples in there, too. So, number one, an explosive that is made of nitroglycerin absorbed in a porous material and that often contains ammonium nitrate or cellulose nitrate. Also, an explosive that contains no nitroglycerin. So one of them has nitroglycerin and the other one does not have nitroglycerin. And the example um, of this second one It says it could be a mixture of ammonium nitrate and nitrocellulose. So I guess it's those things instead of of the nitroglycerin. And I'm just looking at the first part of it. Uh, It's the nitroglycerin absorbed into a porous material that often contains ammonium nitrate and or cellulose nitrate. But the second one is a mixture of ammonium nitrate and nitrocellulose, which must be different than cellulose nitrate. And that's totally confusing to someone who does not understand a lot of this chemistry stuff. Uh, it's, it, it's, it explodes. It's a big old bomb. We've all heard of dynamite. Um, they use it in cartoons all the time. Okay, number two for dynamite. One that has a powerful effect. There's no explosions happening here. Uh, We've got some examples and some additional definitions. So an example of one that has a powerful effect is uh, an actress who's dynamite at the box office. She is dynamite. She makes the box office explode with cash dollars flowing in. Powerful effect. But then there's also, this is uh, something that has great potential to cause trouble or conflict, as in, an issue regarded as political dynamite. So that issue, I don't know, what is it, foreign relations, race issues, abortion, yeah, those would all be political dynamite because there's a a lot of conflict, a lot of people don't agree on those things. Dynamitic, that is an adjective. Not sure if I've ever heard of that, but I guess uh, that's a a dynamitic actress 
who's causing trouble at the box office. So this is from the Greek word dynamis, uh, which means power. And did we see that in the previous episode somewhere? Uh, Yes, we did with the word dynamic. So uh, yeah, big old powerful thing is dynamite. And of course, the sound effect I'm going to do today has got to be... Next is the second form of dynamite. This is a verb from 1881. One, to blow up with dynamite. We gotta dynamite that mountain. Blow it up because we just don't like it. We don't like looking at that mountain. Let's dynamite it. Two, to cause the failure or destruction of. Just just any destruction of a thing, f- breaking down a system, a company, let's just dynamite it to the ground. And let's take a look at the years. Uh, the noun dynamite is 1867. The verb dynamite is um, 14 years later. Um, and we have a third form of dynamite, which is even later. Uh, dynamiter, that is a noun. Dynamiter. Why does that sound funny? It's the one who is doing the blowing up. They're setting up the dynamite. They're lighting the fuse. They're connecting that wire to the machine that you press the button or push down on the lever and you blow it up. Dynamiter. Who says, I want to be a dynamiter when I grow up? I'm going to make a sound like... Next is the third form of dynamite adjective from 1922 so about 40 years later we got this one but uh it's different it's different kind of than the other ones the synonyms are terrific and wonderful as in a dynamite performance your performance at the box office was dynamite because you are a dynamite dynamiting the box office uh yeah dynamite it's so great. We love it. It's great. It's a lot of T sounds. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Do we use this? Who uses this? Have I ever used this? I don't know if I have. Ooh, that that's dynamite. Um, you know, I guess that's just because it's uh, it's powerful. It's great. We love it. It's fun to see these words change. Uh, you know, dynamite explosion to that thing is amazing. It's dynamite. Same with the word, like, awesome was, you know, that the, the, uh, the etymology of that has sort of changed, or how we use it has changed. Cool, rad, those probably have similar situations. Okay, moving on. Dynamo. This is a noun from 1882, number one. The synonym is the 1B definition for the word generator. So something that is going to generate some some force, some energy, some power, something like that. It's a dynamo. And the etymology will give us a bit more information there. Um, So number two, though, is a forceful, energetic individual. So if you are, if everybody wants to hang out with you, you have, I guess it doesn't necessarily mean that you that everybody loves you, not necessarily, but you got a, a lot of force, a lot of energy. I guess when I do this podcast, I I kind of 
have to have a lot of energy and, and force because I'm trying to make this interesting for you, so let's put all the energy behind it and make it fun. Um, so yeah, just any person who is forceful and has a lot of energy, they're, a lot of, they're very energetic, uh, they are a dynamo. Well, I don't think the etymology works for that number two definition about a human being because this word dynamo is short for dynamo electric machine, which is not in this book here. But I guess there there is a dynamo electric machine, and that was too long to say, so they just shortened it to dynamo, which is probably some sort of generator. Next is dynamometer, dyno, dynamometer, noun from 1810. Ah, so we're getting, this is pre-dynamite. Number one, an instrument for measuring mechanical force. And yeah, I mean, Could you try again? okay, I don't want to talk to you, watch. Um... So it's, it's a machine for measuring mechanical force. How much force is put forth by this machine, this mechanical machine? And uh, I feel like we, I want to put a, a picture on social media. Go to at DictionaryPod on Instagram and Twitter so you can see uh, what this dynamometer might have looked like. Um, from 1810, though, do we still use this? I feel like we must still use this. But I'm sure the technology has changed oh so much in the last 213 years. Number two, an apparatus for measuring mechanical power as of an engine. So the first definition is about the force, and the second one is about the power. And those are different. Couldn't tell you exactly how, but they are. Just trust me on that. Dynamometric, dynamometric, that is an adjective, and dynamometry, that is a noun. That is the act of using a dynamometer. Uh, doesn't say this here, but maybe there is a person called a dynamometerist. I, don't, I totally made that word up. Uh, yep, I think we all we all know the etymology pretty well by this point. Next. Dynamotor. Dynamotor. Yeah, the word motor is there at the end. Noun from 1899. A motor generator combining the electric motor and generator. Uh huh. Okay, it's a. This is so interesting. It's a motor generator that combines the electric motor and generator. So. It's a motor and a generator, so it it makes its own power to make the motor go. Uh, it's that was that what it is? A dynamotor. Well, this is from the word dynamo, which is a generator, plus the word motor. So, I guess yeah, I guess it's a thing all in one. It creates power because that's the generator. It it creates uh some force, power, something, and then it just translates that into its own motor. Hmm, very interesting. Is this a thing that still exists? I'm asking you. 
Next is Dynast or Dynast. D-Y-N-A-S-T. This is a noun from 1606. So uh, I think we are done with all the dynamo words. And this one here, Dynast, uh, the synonym is just the number one definition for the word ruler. So somebody who is ruling a country, a region, some sort of area, they are a dynast. And this is from the Greek dynasthai, which means to be able or have power. So clearly, this seems to still be related etymologically to dynamo and dynamics and all that because the Greek word is uh, dynamis, which means power. And um, having to find... So, so dynasty, I'm trying to look back and forth between these two etymologies that I'm reading. Dynasty, yeah, so dynamic is also from dynasty, which means to be able. And uh, yeah, so they, they are able to have the power. They have the power to control what goes, what they say goes. So yeah, it's basically the same etymology. A dynast is a ruler. And what are they ruling over? A dynasty. Uh, you can say dynasty, 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 and the Brits say dynasty. They don't like to say die, they like to say di, dynasty. Noun from the 14th century, number one, a succession of rulers of the same line of descent. So one dynast to another dynast to another dynast, all blood-related, I guess. And then number two, a powerful group or family that maintains its position for a considerable time. And of course, I, I personally think of uh, China. I think, um, I think they have maybe other names for this, but basically there's a whole bunch of dynasties. There was this dynasty and this dynasty and this dynasty, and many of them lasted for hundreds of years. And I guess what we're saying here is that the, the people who were in control throughout those hundreds of years, all definitely came from or probably came from the same line of descent. So parent passed on to child, who passed on to their child, who passed on to their child. And uh, yeah, for a considerable time. And uh, I, I remember studying these dynasties when I was in high school. And so I had them all memorized and I think I knew all the years, but I have promptly forgotten all of that information. So if you want, if you want me to, just let me know. I'll put a link in the show notes for uh, let's specifically look at the dynasties in China. Uh, dynastic is an adjective, and dynastically is an adverb. And uh, yeah, we know the etymology. So, boom. Next is dynatron. Dynatron. Noun from 1918, it is a vacuum tube in which the secondary emission of electrons from the plate results in a decrease in the plate current as the plate voltage increases. I don't know what any of this means. Um, okay, it is a tube. There is a secondary emission of electrons from a plate. I don't know what kind of plate this is. But the plate from the plate results in a decrease 
in the plate current as the plate voltage increases. So as you're raising the voltage, the something decreases. Ugh, I don't know. It's a dynatron, and it's from the Greek dynamis, which means power. So it's all about the power going through this thing. No clue. No clue what this is. I, maybe I want to see a picture of one of these dynatrons. So let's put that on social media as well. Weirdest dynamite explosion ever. The next word is dyne. D-Y-N-E. Noun from circa 1873. This is the unit of force in the centimeter gram second system equal to the force that would give a free mass of one gram an acceleration of one centimeter per second per second. Oh, I'm sure it's not as complicated as it sounds, but it sounds complicated. So, okay, what is this? It's a unit of force. So this is the amount of force needed to, to what? To move one gram one centimeter per second per second? I don't understand why we have per second there twice. I know there's a reason for it, but I'm not sure what it is. So if I'm understanding it correctly, it's literally just the one dyne is the amount of force needed to move one gram of a substance one centimeter in one second. I may have it wrong, but I think I'm close-ish. So let's put a link in the show notes for this so we can learn more uh, about it. And, and you can uh, we can learn all how Spencer was wrong. Uh, why we need th- this information, you know, I don't, I'm sure it's useful in some situation. How many dines? So like, what, what does this get used in? That's what I want to know. What's a practical situation? Maybe I will also put a, a something in the show notes where you can, you can see a practical in, uh, situation of, oh, well, it takes 72 million dines to, uh, what would that be? Uh, dines? I don't know. They probably use that. 72 million dines to move my mug of coffee from one table to another table. Dinine or dinian. Two syllables or three syllables. D-Y-N-E-I-N. Dinine. Noun from 1965. This is an ATPase. An ATPase. That is associated especially with microtubules involved in the movement of cellular organelles and structures like cilia, flagella, and chromosomes. Um, okay, ATPase. I mean, I've heard of things like this before. I'm not entirely sure what that is. Oh, ATP, I should say, are all cap- capitalized. They're caps. They're in caps. And then ace, A-S-E, is the suffix there, which is some sort of uh, biological thing. There's, there's cellular, I don't know. I don't know ex- other examples. Um, but it's associated with microtubules that are involved in the movement of those tiny little structures and organisms, organelles, like cilia, flagella, and chromosomes. Something that maybe helps them move. Dynene.
Boom. Dynode. D-Y-N-O-D-E. Noun from 1939. An electrode in an electron tube that functions to produce secondary emission of electrons. And it's no surprise that in this DY section, there's a lot of words and definitions that I just don't understand. Um, Electrode in an electron tube that functions to produce secondary emission of electrons. Something with chemistry. It's a dynode. That was the last of the DYN words. And here is the DYS section, which how long is this going to go? It's going to go into our last episode. Yes, it is. In fact, it's going to almost finish up the Ds. The DYS section goes on for a little while. Okay, the first one is the prefix, DYS. So this is the the word, the part of the word, that is probably going to help to describe almost every single word through the end of this D section in this podcast. So, it is a prefix. It has no year. Number one, abnormal. As in the example, dysplasia, which will be in tomorrow's episode. Dysplasia. So, something that is abnormal. Uh, Dysplasia is describing something as being abnormal, and we'll learn more about that tomorrow. It could also mean this dis prefix. Number two, Difficult, as in dysphagia, or dysphagia. There's a G in there. So difficult, dysphagia. And then this one says compared to the prefix EU, you would probably pronounce it U, and so I assume that would mean easy. It's probably the opposite. Easy, opposed to difficult. Ooh, can't wait to get to these words. See how all of this is read in context, understood in context. Number three, impaired, as in the example, dysfunction. So that function is impaired. It's messed up. It's screwed up in some way. And number four, bad. (laughs) Just bad, as in the example, dyslogistic. And I think all of these, yeah, all of those example words are going to be in tomorrow's episode. Dislogistic, uh, dis dis that logic is bad. And this one also says compared to the prefix U, E-U, which, hey, you don't have to wait too long to get that one. Um, if you're listening to these when they air, maybe about a year, eight months, nine months, something like that. Uh, But if, of course, all of these episodes are aired already, you can just go jump ahead to the EU prefix that that episode and and hear what we had to say about that. The etymology. Let's see. What do we got here? We got Old English, toe or T, which means apart. That is a prefix, if I didn't say that. Toe or T in Old English means apart. Um, Also from the Sanskrit prefix, dus, D-U-S, which means bad or difficult. So we've got bad, difficult, apart, different. You know, I'm, I'm just adding some other words here. Uh, yeah, so, so all together, abnormal, difficult, impaired, or bad. 
So probably all or most of the rest of the DYS words are going to mean those in some way. Like maybe this next one. <laughs> Dysarthria. <laughs> Is that how you say it? Dysarthria. D-Y-S-A-R-T-H-R-I-A. Dysarthria. Noun from 1878. Difficulty in articulating words due to disease of the central nervous system. Well, before we got to the disease part, I thought maybe I had this. But uh, no, so this would be a specific disease that you have in your central nervous system. Oh, maybe I do have this. I am actually going to go see a, a neurologist. That's not what they're called, a neurologist um, later this year. Uh, because, you know, I don't know if I got nerve problems, but maybe I do. So let's get that checked out. Dysarthria. But so specifically, it's a problem with the central nervous system, but it comes out, it shows its its face in not being able to articulate words, which I, you know, sometimes, sometimes that's hard for me. Oh, I hope I don't have this. Okay, next. Dyscrasia. Dyscrasia. Um, oh, and I wanted to, let's see. The, the, the previous word, dysarthria, um, this would be the uh, number two definition for the word dis, the prefix dis. It's, it means difficult. So the arthria that you have is difficult. Difficult, difficulty in articulating words. Okay, back to the second word, the next word, dyscrasia, noun from the 14th century. This is an abnormal condition of the body and especially the blood. So clearly this is using the dis prefix to mean abnormal here. Abnormal, so any, any abnormal condition of the body, but especially the blood, can be considered dyscrasia. Um, I guess it's not a specific abnormal condition. You just got a general dyscrasia of the body or blood. Um, we have more etymology, though. This is from the Middle Latin. I guess it is a Middle Latin word, which means bad mixture of humors. Back in the day, the scientists, the whoever they were, they thought that the body was made up of the humors. It's like It was like the yellow bile and blood and black bile. I, I can't remember. Phlegm? Was phlegm one of them? I hope it was. Um, but if you had a bad mixture of those, you had the dyscrasia. Um, yeah, it's a, we'll have to talk more about the humors in the H's. Um, it is from the Greek dyscrasia, which is from dis plus crasis or crasis with a K, which means mixture. So yeah, bad mixture, an abnormal mixture of things, um, which is also from keranini, which means to mix. And there's more at the word crater, like uh, like when something falls down from the sky, uh, it creates a crater. How that's connected to mixture of things, I'm not sure. Hmm. That's uh, that's a super fascinating etymology there. It's a bad mixture of the humors. When when people were sick, they're like, oh, you you got a you got a bad ratio of your mixtures, your a bad ratio of your humors. Uh, you got you got too much blood. 
so we're going to have to get rid of some of your blood. And they didn't quite understand that that was not a good idea. All right, one more word for this episode. (laughs) Dysenteric. Dysenteric. D-Y-S-E-N-T-E-R-I-C. And this, I suspect, is going to be very connected to the first word in the next episode. So, dysenteric, adjective from 1727, of or relating to dysentery. And yes, we will talk all about that in the next episode. So hold on for that. All right. We obviously need to pick a word of the episode. Uh, Not sure which one it's going to be. I can't wait to find out. We had dynamite, 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 dynamo, dynamometer, dynamotor, dynast, dynasty, dynatron, dyne, dynine, dynode, dis, dysarthria, dyscrasia, and dysenteric. Uh, let's see. I think, did I pick, uh, I picked, uh, I think I picked dynamic in the previous episode. I just did that yesterday, so I should know. But I think, uh, for today, um, let's see. Uh, I think, I think, I think I'm going to just pick the prefix dis, D-Y-S, because it means such an interesting group of things. It means abnormal, difficult, impaired, bad, something that's just not quite right. It's, uh, it's off, it's weird, it's, you know, whole, whole lot of things. Uh, so now I have to sing a song about dis. When you put the letters D-Y-S in front of a word, it now means, I lost my place, it now means abnormal, difficult, impaired, or bad. Dis, 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 dis podcast is weird. Oh boy, that really fell off the rails. I think I got the dysarthria. All right. I think that's a fine place to end, and I will quickly mention another movie that we watched. Um, Let's see. Where did we leave off? Oh, I think I left off at Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. I never read the book, uh, but I had a general idea of what this story was about, and uh, so many people were excited for this movie to come out, and it is fantastic. I think that this should be required viewing for all people, uh, just like the movie Women Talking. I think everybody should watch it. And it deals with, oh, coming of age. It's so, I feel like so realistic. Uh, Sharon and I were like, this feels like one of the most realistic coming of age stories. Maybe just one of the most realistic movies in general, I feel like. Uh, but specifically realistic coming-of-age movie. I feel like just the characters just felt super real, very well acted. Um, But it also deals with religion. And so there's a lot of stuff that it tackles. And it's just so, so, so good. And I loved it. And I hope you see it. All right. That is the end of this episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. Almost done with the Ds. Just two more episodes. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye! Burr.